This is a reading from Acts chapter 2. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound from heaven like the howling of a fierce wind filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. When they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galileans, each one of them? How can each of us hear them speaking in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, as well as residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and all the regions of Libya bordering Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs, we, bear, we hear them declaring the mighty works of God in our own languages. They were all surprised and bewildered. Some asked each other, what does this mean? And others jeered at them saying, oh, they are just filled with new wine. Well, Peter stood with the other 11 apostles. He raised his voice and declared, Judeans and everyone living in Jerusalem know this. Listen carefully to my words. These people aren't drunk, as you suspect. After all, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Rather, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders to occur in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a great cloud of smoke. The sun will be changed into darkness and the moon will be changed into blood before the great and spectacular day of the Lord comes. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And so now, gracious God, in these moments, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this place and in all places be found pleasing to you. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, one of my favorite movies growing up was The Wizard of Oz. I even had this blue and white checkered dress and a stuffed animal dog named Toto and red ruby slippers made of red glitter and Elmer's glue. The movie begins in black and white, as you know, with a girl named Dorothy Gale who lives with her Annie M and Uncle Henry on their farm in Kansas. Dorothy gets little attention and is always being told to stay out of the way, but she dreams of one day going to a place somewhere over the rainbow 
where the dreams that you dare to dream really do come true. One day, a tornado comes flipping through that small Kansas farm. Dorothy runs inside looking for her family when her house is sucked up into this tornado. A violent wind rushes through the house and Dorothy sees all of these bizarre images come swirling by the window when suddenly her house falls to the ground. Dorothy gets up opens the front door, and is amazed when she enters into the technicolor world of Oz. And then she says what is one of the most memorable lines in the whole movie, Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. And you know, I have to wonder if the disciples might have said something similar at Pentecost. If you stop and think about it, these stories are somewhat similar, except instead of ruby red slippers, they would have been wearing these ruby red tongues of fire on their heads, right? Acts 2 begins with all of the disciples gathered together in the upper room. Just verses earlier in the text we read last week, Jesus told them that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came to them. And then he's gone. They had been following and learning from Jesus day in and day out for quite some time now. And without him, they are just not sure what to do or where to go next. But here in Acts 2, the disciples are huddled up together when all of a sudden this violent wind rushes through the house. And they begin to see and to hear the most bizarre things, like these tongues of fire on each of their heads. And they begin speaking to one another in their native languages, even though they are Galileans. Suddenly, with this great rush of the Holy Spirit upon them, the disciples must look around and realize that they are definitely not in Kansas anymore. You know, it's a disorienting feeling to realize you're no longer in the place that feels comfortable and familiar and safe. It's honestly one of my least favorite parts of living in a brand new city and trying to find my way around all over again. To realize I'm not in Waco, Texas anymore, where I have spent the past 11 years, and I never know exactly where I'm going here in Louisville just yet. For instance, the other day, I wanted to find the historical marker downtown of Thomas Merton's famous words that came to him at the corner of Fourth and Walnut one day. I think I've shared with many of you that these are meaningful words to me, and I wanted to find the site where they are memorialized. And so I grabbed out my phone and I typed in Thomas Merton Historical Marker, and the Thomas Merton Center at Bellarmine University popped up. And that didn't seem right. I didn't think it was there. So I thought, well, okay, if I can just find Walnut... I can take it all the way to 4th Street and find what I'm looking for. And you all are laughing because you know what I did. (laughs) So I found what I thought was Walnut Street, and I start taking it downtown. And then all of a sudden I'm looking around, and all the signs say that I am on Muhammad Ali Boulevard and not Walnut. And so that didn't seem right either. So then I thought, okay, 
I know where Walnut Street Baptist Church is. Surely that is where Walnut Street is. And if you are from Louisville, you know that it is not. I drove all around the church, and there's no Walnut Street in sight. Finally, I was about ready to give up and go home when I realized that Walnut Street had actually been renamed Muhammad Ali Boulevard at some point in time. And actually, I had been in the right place 20 minutes ago. So I headed back downtown and finally found that spot that I was looking for. But it's things like that that can be so frustrating about living in a new city, figuring out where to go to the grocery again. And then once you get there, learning a whole new layout of what they keep where. It's never just as simple as running in to get a new gallon of milk. It's finding a new doctor, learning where to park if you're going somewhere on Bardstown Road, or where to get your hair done, learning when traffic will be bad where and how to avoid it. And if you make a wrong turn, you could end up in Indiana. And, and you could receive an unexpected toll charge of $8 in the mail just because you didn't know where you were going. And you didn't realize that you could take another bridge just a couple minutes away that will take you to Indiana for free. It's stuff like that that just makes you feel so off-kilter when your former comforts and familiarities are no longer an option but you don't know exactly where you're going next or how you're going to get there. And nothing feels quite like home. And yet what I realized this week is that Pentecost happens in this kind of space, as uncomfortable as it may be. The life that the disciples had lived with Jesus is no longer an option anymore. Their old world has completely changed, and their new world will never be the same. They're on their own now, on this threshold of the unknown and trying to find their way forward as Christ followers in the world. The word threshold actually comes from threshing, which refers to the action of separating the grain from the husk. And I think it's probably a good analogy for what venturing into the unknown feels like. Because when we are on the cusp of change, even good change, it's difficult. And it can feel as if we are being pulled apart. This kind of space brings us completely out of our comfort zones, out of any sort of familiarity, and challenges us to depend on God in ways we never have before. And the reality is that it's not unlike the space that you and I are inhabiting right now. On the threshold between the pandemic of the past year and a half and whatever lies before us. I mean, when I read about the disciples seeing the events of Pentecost unfold and how surprised and bewildered and confused they are and they're asking each other, what does this mean? I can't help but think about all of our own feelings of bewilderment and confusion and frustration throughout this whole pandemic experience. And each time new information came out from the CDC, we would look at each other and say, but what does this mean? And what do we do next? It feels like each day has brought new questions and new uncertainties. 
Our old world and its comforts and familiarities were suddenly gone, and yet even now, 14 months later, we still don't know what the new world is going to look like. It's uncomfortable, isn't it? And it's tricky to navigate. Do we wear masks or not? Do we fist bump, shake hands, hug necks? How do we respect that people are in different spaces regarding COVID? How do we continue to keep each other safe, including our most vulnerable, while also honoring that we need human connection? And how do we retrain ourselves after more than a year of living with such caution and sometimes even fear of other people to approach one another in meaningful ways once again? You know, the truth is that none of us is the same person we were 14 months ago when all of this began. And no one knows that better than the parents in the room today, I would imagine, as you have welcomed new children into this world in the midst of a pandemic. Our world has changed completely, but so have our lives. And the question still remains, what is the world going to look like and what do we want our lives to look like when all of this is finally over? But perhaps today's scripture reading in Acts reminds us that the Spirit comes to us precisely in these threshold kind of moments. The Spirit doesn't come when the disciples have it all figured out. The Spirit comes when the tornado hits and they're not sure which way to go next. The Spirit comes when we're overwhelmed by chaos and confusion and uncertainty. And I believe that the Spirit comes just when we need her the most. As Jane Richardson writes, Pentecost arrives to remind us that ashes do not have the final word and that fire does not come only to consume. It comes also to bless, to call, to inspire, to give us what we could never begin to imagine on our own. And so perhaps the question that Pentecost asks of us this year is, what do we want the Spirit to ignite us to do as we make our way across this threshold and into the unknown? And even when we have no idea where we are going next, do we have the courage to trust the Spirit as we take that next brave step forward? You know, at the end of The Wizard of Oz, after the tornado and the yellow brick road and the tiny little monkeys that fly around everywhere, Dorothy asks Glinda the Good Witch to help her get back home to Kansas. She just needs to know how to get there. And Glinda smiles and says, Dorothy, you don't need to be helped. You've had the power all along, my dear. And I believe that the same is true for us. We've had this power all along. We have it in these very moments. Because the same spirit that breathed life into humanity at the beginning of creation, 
The same spirit that breathed life into those dry bones in Ezekiel. The same spirit that rolled away the stone and brought Jesus to life. The same spirit that came upon the disciples through tongues of fire. is the same spirit that breathed life into Martin, Michelle, Harrison, Louisa, the very moment they entered this world. And that same spirit continues to breathe life into each of us today. Friends, we have had the power all along. And so may we have the courage to follow wherever the spirit leads as we take this next brave step forward. Amen.